My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, juicekitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow Cooking with an Italian Accent. I love bread, Julia. I make sourdough bread for little more than a year now, and it's a growing and learning experience. Patience is one of the first lessons, and one that stubbornly, from time to time, I have to be reminded of. I enjoy both the process and the almost always tasty result. Always edible. Of course, this, most times, will reflect the care and attention that was given to it, especially when talking about sourdough like any other relationship. It also leads to a lot of time spent pondering on what could I have done differently and in cautionary tales. As it happens with other types of food, bread reveals so much about one's culture and enables the sharing of history, knowledge and stories behind the recipe. It's something precious that can be passed along generations, but can also open your eyes to common ground in geographical or cultural distant places either by using the same grains or having a similar repurpose of stale bread. And how amazing it is to find that we all share the same love for food. Having a piece of bread is halfway for making a quick dinner on a lazy day, can be a delicious element of a dish like pan grattato, but in spite of its humble origins, can also, and deserves to, stand on its own and be celebrated. An obsession to some, it surely is for me, bread feeds you but it also tastes like home. Hi Jules. We don't have a bread culture where we are from in India. Rice is the staple grain and every meal, including breakfast, is rice-based. I started appreciating bread after we moved to the Netherlands. The sheer variety of bread was mind-boggling. It's been almost seven years in the Netherlands and I finally found my favorite bread. It's a mix of spelt and rye sourdough. And my favorite way to have it is toasted slightly and spread salted butter and honey on it. And it's the one thing that I have with my morning coffee every day. Thank you so much, Katarina Ginsi, for sharing your passion for bread, your memories and your thoughts. You make this podcast so much special. Thank you so much for all your lovely comments and feedbacks on our podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Please rate and review the show. It will help us to be found online and to build up an appetite for Italian food. Share with your friends too. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode description. Don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Welcome to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 4. Even though we are just stepping into Lent, the 40 days before Easter, today I want to talk about Carnival time, to give it a proper farewell, and about what I love the most about Carnival. The food, of course. I've always hated Carnival, 
As for me, it represents the last obstacle before spring. Before its flowers, the light, the sun, the longer days, the green, the smell of freshly cut grass. I changed my mind when a few years ago I visited the carnival in Viareggio. The carnival in Viareggio is one of the best known in Italy. It dates back to the end of the 19th century. What is most exciting about the Viareggio carnival is the parades that usually draw thousands of visitors of all age every year. There are spectacular, gigantic flows, which are usually a satirical representation of the political situation, both in Italy and abroad. Everyone is masked. It is a true explosion of joy and celebration, especially as people have been working for months, even from the year before, on the papier-mâché floats. For those people, Carnival is the gate to the good season. It is not the last obstacle, as I used to think. Viareggio is a coastal town in the northern part of Tuscany, and from the carnival time on, it comes back to a new life. Even though I've not been celebrating carnival in the last few years, I still can remember the time when I used to come back from San Gimignano Carnival Parade or from the kid disco dance with confetti everywhere, even in my underwear. Looking back, Nine times out of ten, I was sick at home instead of wearing fancy dresses, but I can still draw a personal top five of memorable carnival fancy dresses that I've been lucky to wear when I was a kid. At the top, there can be anything else but the seahorse. It was an aerospace engineering masterpiece made by my mom for what regards the fabric and by my dad for what regards the iron wire something I'm still proud of. I had a striped suit and an impressive yellow tail. I was, I was just a kid at that time. The second one, it is the clown costume of the elementary years. It was made with the same striped suit recycled from the previous year's seahorse, with whom I won the prize for the couple dance with a girlfriend. Third, another clown. I was probably 12, yes, I think I was 12, when all my girlfriends would dress as mechanics or soldiers with matching red garters peeping out from strategically designed cuts, I was wearing a fun, colorful polka dots clown dress with a huge white wig and a gigantic red bow and a wonderful makeup. The fourth one, uh, this is the one that made my grandmother very, very proud. Uh, it's her favorite dress. I was a Charleston dancer with sequins and feathers and necklaces and during the third year of high school my grandmother saw her granddaughter dressed as a woman for the very first time. This was also my first time dancing in a proper club, uh, the first of probably five, ten times in all my 37 years. So the fifth one, uh, it was my carnival dress of when I was 18. I was in love with Shakespeare, so I dressed as a forest spirit from A Midsummer Night's Dream. I had a greenish bodysuit, tights, healthy colors, and <laughs> the more I look at that photos, the more I realize I look like the caterpillar more than an ethereal fairy. And maybe this is the reason why this was my last carnival fancy dress. It would be unfair to say that I do not like Carnival as a whole, because, you know, there is something I really appreciate about Carnival, uh, and that is food. 
there's, there's also another thing I really like of carnival. I have fond memories of the carnival tales my teacher used to tell us during winter days at the elementary school. Uh, they were fun and irreverent traditional masks like Colombina, Arlecchino, Pulcinella, Pantalone, Balanzone, and even one from Florence, Stenterello. I remember I really loved the vintage and romantic allure they had, and I loved to draw their costumes with all the colors. It was, it was really fun. But now, <laughs> let's talk about the thing that I really love about Carnival, all the fried food, all the Carnival sweet treats. Carnival sweets are a very, very valid reason to appreciate this time of the year. Um, now I'm going to talk you about a few recipes and check for the recipes on the blog. You'll find all the links in the episode description. Let's start with the first one, cenci. In Tuscany during carnival days we traditionally eat cenci, which literally means rugs, which is fried dough, and it's a sweet dough flavored with orange peel and vinsanto, our dessert wine. Uh, this dough is rolled very, very thinly, just like we do with fresh pasta, and then it is fried in hot olive oil. As soon as the change are fish out of the hot olive oil, they are dusted with icing sugar and sprinkled with sugar. Someone likes them crisp, someone soft and airy with lots of bubbles. Someone loves them denser and chewy. I like them airy, light, with plenty of sugar on top. Every family in Italy has its own recipe for cenci, along with a special and different name for this carnival fried dough, because they are a cross-cultural element. So you can find them as cenci, chiacchiere, bugie, frappe, crostoli, galani, lattughe. They have thousands of names, but they are always so fried and delicious. Let's talk about frittelle di riso, so rice fritters. The rice fritters used to be made just for St. Joseph, which is on the 19th of March, which is also when we celebrate Father's Day in Italy. Now they are common also as for carnival, uh, just like cenci, probably under the influence of tons of fritters fried in Italy for carnival. And Veneto and Venice, I'm looking at you. My grandmother told me that she has always loved the rice fritters. They used to make the rice fritters on the 19th of March for the name day of Giuseppe, her uncle. This was usually during Lent, and it was common for them to make a fioretto, which means a little sacrifice for Easter. You would give up something, something you really loved, as a preparation for Easter. So she, she has always loved sweets, so for Easter she would make this fioretto to renounce to everything sweet, with sugar, to desserts. So it was a really hard time for her because everyone was frying these little rice fritters and she had to avoid to eat them because this was her fioretto for Easter. Frittelle di riso, rice fritters, are very different in Florence and in Siena, just like Papa al Pomodoro. In Florence, the frittelle are deliciously sweet on the outside and inside. And you can still recognize when you eat them the rice grains. Usually there are raisins in them too, and they are made with eggs and sugar and milk, so they are very flavorful. In Siena, totally different. First of all, it's a street food. 
There's a little hut, a wooden hut, in Piazza del Campo, where you can go from the uh, end of January until the 19th of March, and you can buy rice fritters directly there in the middle of Piazza del Campo. There are people frying these frittelle. They fry them in huge pans. They're like cold drones from ancient times. And these little frittelle are one attached to the other. They are golden brown, covered in sugar, but they don't have sugar inside. They're made just with rice, water, and a little bit of orange zest to give it some flavor. The sugar is just on the outside. They are very, very different. Uh, Tommaso, uh, well, he needed some time to start to appreciate the frittelle from Siena. For me, they are the best frittelle in the world because they are related to so many good memories of the years of the university. Because usually this is also the time when you have exams at the university. So with my friend Laura to celebrate uh, an exam that was, you know, a good exam, we will go there and buy a few frittelle. You can buy them by euros. So like one euro, four frittelle. Two euros, eight frittelle. So we would buy, I don't know, two euros of frittelle and, and we would have our bag, a paper bag, white paper bag, with steaming hot frittelle uh, there and then you would sit down in Piazza del Campo in the middle of this huge amazing scenery of a medieval town just like Siena and we would eat this frittelle. Usually it's quite cold in this time of the year so the warmth will come from the hot frittelle and there was all the sugar on the outside and then inside they are very tender and melting in your mouth. So if you have the chance to be in Siena from the end of January until half of March, go there in Piazza del Campo and try the frittelle di Gisù. There's a third carnival sweet treat that I learned to appreciate after I met Tommaso, Schiacciata alla Fiorentina. Yes, it comes from Florence and despite its name that reminds of the savory flatbread so typical of all our bakeries, Schiacciata alla Cerentina is a sweet cake. It is fragrant with orange and other spices. During carnival time, it appears in every bakery and pastry shop and bar in Florence. There is even a real competition aiming to nominate the best Florentine schiacciata. The Schiacciata alla Fiorentina is dust with icing sugar and usually there's a cocoa powder Florence lily on the surface. It used to be typical plain, just, you know, the simple schiacciata alla fiorentina, but now it is increasingly served sliced in a half and then filled either with whipped cream or with crema or custard. At the beginning, the schiacciata was just bread dough enriched with lard. Remember that carnival always falls in the period when the pig is traditionally slaughtered, so lard was there, ready to be used. Then it was made even more special by adding some sugar, some spices and orange zest, for example, which is so recognizable in the cake where you use both the grated peel of the orange and the juice. Carnival was in fact the last chance to indulge in the pleasures of food and life before Lent. As the Latins used to say, semel in anno licet insanire, which means once in a year you can just get crazy. It was a time in which everyone was allowed to break religious and social conventions. Another important element of the Schiacciata alla Fiorentina, which makes it even more recognizable, it is its shape, traditionally rectangular. 
apparently, we owe the success of this cake to the nuns of San Verdiana in Florence, who used to serve food to detainees in rectangular baking trays, and they would also bake the schiacciata in the same trays. There are more carnival sweet treats, of course. In Tuscany, I mean. In Florence, there's also a very plain cake known as berlingozzo, which is flavored with any seeds. And bomboloni are easily associated to carnival too, as it is time for fried sweet treats. In these eight days, I've been frying and eating tons of fritelle and bomboloni, actually. But these are the sweets I grew up with. Uh, or, for, for example, for the schiacciata, the sweets that I learned to appreciate and make once I met Tommaso. So, what is carnival for me now? It is not an obstacle to spring anymore. Also because I learned to appreciate all the different seasons, winter included. Carnival is a time when I really crave for traditional food. I always crave for tradition. This is why for Easter I want to bake the typical uh, schiacciata, which again is not a schiacciata, but a nice sweet bread from uh, my town, from Colle Valdelsa or San Gimignano or the Valdelsa area, which is called also Sportellina. This is why I want to bake for Christmas um, Panforte or Ricciarelli from Siena. When carnival time arrives, I want to make the cenci, I want to make frittelle, I want to make bomboloni and the schiacciata alla Fiorentina, because it is my way to celebrate the traditional Tuscany, to celebrate all the different seasons, uh, in food and in traditional recipes. This is a time when fried food uh, is not something considered evil because it's cold outside and you can have a bomboloni or two without feeling too guilty. Um, this is a time when I want to make schiacciata alla fiorentina with the zest and the juice of the oranges because this is probably the last sweet treat I'm going to make with citrus fruit before you know waiting for them for the next season. So again, I learned to appreciate carnival and its food when I start to recognize all the importance of tradition as a way to you know, mark the different times of the year. So there's carnival, then Lent, when you will probably make just quaresimali, uh, very light uh, biscotti from Florence that are usually made for Lent, quaresima, and then there's Easter again with all the chocolate and the semolino cake from Florence. But now, for carnival, it's time for fried food. And I want to celebrate this. Even though I'm not dressing or wearing fancy dresses, it's not my thing. I'm not going to parades either, um, probably because I was not born in a town where carnival is so important. If I were born in Viareggio or in Venice, probably this would be different for me. Born in Colle Valdelsa, in the countryside in between Siena and Florence, Carnevale is fertelle, Carnevale is cenci, and now schiacciata alla Fiorentina. And I'm happy to celebrate this. Word of the day. Learn the Italian language of food, word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's word is confetti versus coriandoli. In Italy, confetti are not what you might expect. Confetti are not tiny pieces of colorful paper that you use for 
carnival or other celebrations. Confetti are sugared almonds that we use for weddings and other celebrations. For our wedding, we bought almond confetti. They had to be white outside. And then we bought also some chocolate confetti. They were white as well on the outside. Then there's a tradition and you have to use a not number of confetti in your wedding favor. We put five confetti. When you celebrate your graduation, you have green, no, I think you have red confetti. And then when there's a baby, you have either pink or blue confetti. What you call confetti in Italy is coriandoli. So for carnival, you would use coriandoli. And for a wedding, you will use confetti. This is the end of the fourth episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. I'd love to hear from you. Do you like carnival? Is there a special treat you always eat? Did you like carnival growing up? Because I think it's also something related to childhood and then you slowly start to lose it when you grow up. Share with me via email or with a post or a story on Instagram using the hashtag cooking with an Italian accent and tagging Juice Kitchen. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. I'll answer your questions at the end of each episode. Thanks for listening to Cooking with an Italian Accent. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Rate and review the show. It will help us to be found online and build up our appetite for Italian food. Share with your friends too. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode description. Don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao!